Hello, I'm Daniel. I wanted to come on here today and uh, read some passages from a text I really like and talk about things that can encourage us and things we want to stop doing also. So the text I'm going to read to you from is called Faith in Mind, and it's um, this translation is by Master Sheng Yen, but it's actually by a teacher named Sing Song. Okay, so Faith in Mind, it's a text I really like. Um, a foundational Zen text, and although it's a very old text, I think it has meaning for us today. So I'm going to read parts of this text, and I'm going to comment on them for you, and I'm going to kind of bring them to life and make them relevant to us. Okay. This uh, chapter is called is on is it's a section, not a chapter, but it's a section on making comparisons, and I think that making comparisons is a thing we do a lot that doesn't always serve us. So. And it's a it's a verse te- it's a verse text. It's one of these kind of verse texts that are some people like them, some people don't. I like them. So this is the verse I'm going to read from the making comparisons section. Not seeing fine or coarse, how can there be any bias? Not seeing fine or coarse, how can there be any bias? I think that fine and coarse are words we don't really use that don't really have a lot of meaning to us. I would rather it said uh, smooth or rough. I think that makes more sense, but fine and coarse is what it says, but how can there be any bias refers to, it can refer to anything, but I'm going to talk about how it relates to our meditation practice. That is not seeing smooth or rough. That means we're not seeing, we're trying not to see depth or shallowness in our practice, or we're not see, trying to trying not to see the difference between when we feel like our practice is going really well and when we feel like our practice is going not so well, when we feel like our minds are just scattered and we're not getting anywhere, versus where we think, oh, I had a really good sit, right? Sing Song is challenging us to not pay any attention to that. When we're worried about whether our meditation is deep or shallow, that can cause problems. That can make us beat ourselves up, tear ourselves down. It can make us think we'll never, we'll never succeed and that we can't do this, and the truth is we can do it. We want to not sit here thinking about, am I doing this right? Are my thoughts clearing? I don't know what's happening right. We aren't, the truth is, we aren't sitting to attain enlightenment, and we aren't sitting to have a calm mind. We're sitting because that is how our nature, which is calm, which is enlightened, manifests. It's how our nature manifests itself. It's how we... It's not so much we're trying to do something or get somewhere. We're trying to manifest our true nature. We're trying to see around our delusion. That is an important thing. Our enlightenment manifests itself when we're sitting. And we're not practicing to get anything or to get anywhere, to increase some skill. Really, we're practicing because we know practice is good for us. We're practicing to practice. And we're sitting just to sit because sitting in meditation practice is what we're trying to do. Trying to meditate counts as meditating. I always say that. Trying to meditate counts as meditating. And this applies in all sorts of areas of life too. I think we compare things all the time. We label things rough or smooth, fine or coarse, right? We label things all the time and we say those people are not like me, those people are not good. 
for example, or we we say we spend a lot of time saying on board, right? But and again, always we're bringing something to the situation rather than seeing what the situation is. Boredom is not a real thing. We're just attaching that label. That's and a lot of these are ephemeral, ephemeral, ephemeral. A lot of these labels we put on things are ephemeral. They're not real. And we, so we compare things all the time and we compare ourselves to others and that's really damaging sometimes. As long as we're comparing things, we're going to have trouble practicing. We, have, we will have trouble practicing our meditation. We will have trouble showing compassion to others if we're comparing ourselves to them all the time. Especially when we think that person's not like me. They don't deserve my compassion. We struggle with that a lot. So comparing can really be dangerous. Maybe not dangerous, but unhelpful at times. And really, these labels that we put on everything all the time, these are rooted in delusion. We try to fit everything in the world into neat little categories, and the fact of the matter is that things usually don't fit into those categories. And if we're seeing things as they really are, if we're dwelling in enlightenment, then we don't attach so much importance to these labels we're putting on everything all the time. We just see things as they are, without bringing our, our baggage and our filters into every situation because that's what we're doing we don't see things as they are we see things as we are and that is where comparison comes from because we're bringing baggage into every situation the buddha described the human mind is like a mirror it doesn't have an image of its own but it reflects it reflects whatever's put in put in front of it and a lot of the time we're like we're like a mirror that needs to be cleaned. We're like a dirty mirror because we're not reflecting. We're not seeing things clearly. And if we do see things clearly, if we're really dedicated in our practice and we see things as they are, then the mind can be like a clear mirror reflecting exactly as something is rather than a distorted image. We can reflect everything without the labels and preconceptions. That's the point. To be like a mirror and just see the world as it is rather than rather than bringing all our neuroses and our preconceptions into whatever situation that we're coming into. So we tend to think, because I think this person is this way, therefore I think this person is wrong. That's something we struggle with a lot. And also, um, I want to relate it to my kids. That is, if there's a meal, if there's a food they've never tried that looks really weird, they're going to think it's going to taste bad. And then even... When they taste it, sometimes they will actually taste a bad taste because they expect that. They will actually taste a bad taste because they expect that. And we do that too. We think something we're going to go do is going to be boring. And because we think it's going to be boring, we make it true. It is boring. We bring our preconceived ideas into everything. And those are just little examples, but there's big examples too that can really hurt us. We judge people. We think this relationship is going to be bad. We think we start to think of what kind of day we're going to have when we get home, and then if we have a bad feeling about what day we're going to, what kind of day we're going to have when we get home, then we're going to make that true. And if we have a good idea, a positive thing, then when we get home, it might not measure up. We might have expectations that aren't met. So. What we want to do is learn how to be in the world and see things as they really are rather than seeing things through these filters that we have.
And the next passage I want to read to you. The great way is broad, neither easy nor difficult. So the great way is our meditation practice. It is our spiritual journey. And it sure seems difficult a lot of the time. Right? We go to meditate. First of all, if we've gotten to the point where we're meditating, that alone is sometimes hard because we really want to do other things. And But then once we get there also, it seems hard because we might be thinking, how has my timer not gone off yet? Right? Is the timer broken? Because it feels like we've been sitting a long time and a lot of the time when we go sit, we feel like we're getting nothing out of it. It's not helping us any. We're not we're just sitting there waiting for the timer to go off. That is where the practice really feels difficult, when we're sitting waiting for the timer to go off, right? And um, the other side of practice, of course, when we're in the world trying to show compassion, trying to be harmonious with the world around us, that seems difficult too. It's hard to show compassion a lot of the time, right? So what is Sing San saying when he says it's neither easy nor difficult? He's saying the same thing he said in the first verse. He's saying... We're bringing those labels into the situation. Easy and difficult are not real things. Rather, they're labels we're putting on the situation. The path is not easy or difficult. The path just is. And these are labels we're putting on the path. Of course, this is kind of deep and hard to grasp. But if we can, if we can believe that the path is what's going to lead us to a better life, and it is to just find our true nature, which is there beneath our delusion, then hopefully we're not spending so much time thinking about how hard it is. The path is just to bring us to our true nature. It's just to bring us through our delusion. And our true nature just is. It's not hard for us to get to, and it's not easy for us to get to. It just is the nature of things. And we just have to turn our minds to see through our delusion to see that and to feel like we're in our true nature, like we found our true nature. So we might, when we attach values like easy and difficult to what we're doing, that can be really counterproductive. If we think it's difficult, then we can come up with all sorts of ways to avoid practice, all sorts of excuses, all sorts of other things to do. And gosh, I don't know anyone that struggles with thinking it's easy, but we don't want to think it's too easy either because then again, we can be disappointed. We can come into it thinking it's going to be easy and then we're disappointed when it's not. I think that's what a lot of people run into. A lot of people come to meditation and they think it's going to be just relaxing or just easy or just a simple, it is simple, but it's not easy. So people come to it and then they do not get what they're expecting. That happens all the time. People go to meditation, they for the first time and they are expecting something different. Something different than, than just being fully present. And I'll read you one more passage from, and again this text is Faith in Mind. This one's heavy. With narrow views and doubts, haste will slow you down. With narrow views and doubts, Haste will slow you down. So, this is sort of my encouragement part of the talk, I think. It's a common practice problem on the path. People 
start to doubt themselves. People give up real quick. People give up real quick because they think they aren't getting anywhere or they think, I can't do this. A lot of people tend to think, I can't still the mind, I can't expand awareness, so they give up in the first few days or even in the first day, even the first time they try to meditate. A lot of time, a lot of the time people find out I teach meditation and they say things like, that's really great, I wish I could get my mind to settle down, I wish I could do it like you, I think it's a wonderful practice and I wish I could do it, it's just too hard for me. And that's a narrow view and that is doubting yourself. You can do it. Um, it's not easy for me either. I don't know anyone that it's easy for that just says, yeah, go meditate. It's fun. I don't know anyone that says that. I do know people that say that they get benefit from it, that it brings something good into their life. But I don't know anyone that just says, yeah, meditation, it's easy. So expecting it to be easy is, is very strange. And that people will come to me and say, I tried and I just can't get my mind to settle down. I'm not sure getting your mind to settle down is really the point. The point is to just be fully present and to learn what your mind is doing and to just be here. To learn how to be here because a lot of the time we're we're just not here. And having this expectation to to have a calm mind or to settle down or to have clarity immediately, um, that's very strange. It's sort of like this is mind training is what we're doing. And like any other training, it doesn't just come out right away. That's like going to the gym for the first time and expecting to lift one or 200 pounds on the first day or even in the first week or even in the first month, right? Or expecting to just be able to run a mile right away. Why would people expect that? But for some reason with mind training, people do. It's the same, um, and I'll mention this only because I have small children, it would be the same if I expect my child to start learning how to read and then just know how to read. Of course that's not how it works. My child, um, I have one, the youngest, is learning how to read right now, and it's a slow process. He has to build one skill and learn to recognize a few sight words, a few sounds, like A-T, at. He has to learn how to recognize a few of those sounds and slowly build up from simple words to harder words and slowly practice sounding things out. And it's a process. And that's that's the same. That's a kind of training, just like our mind training. It's, it's a kind of training. And we are slowly building up to have more and more skill at it. Or at least, hopefully, it's not such a struggle. So, and I don't know why, meditation is one area where people just expect... I guess they expect it to be like a massage or going to a chiropractor or something like that. They expect it to just be, to not be training. They expect it to just be a practice, a process. And it's not what meditation is, at least not for me. I don't know if for some people it is like a massage, but it's not for me. It's not for people I talk to. So I think maybe people don't put it in the training category and they do think of it in that way. Maybe that's why people expect just results. But I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I tried meditation and it didn't work for me. And I tend to think that they didn't. Gosh, I don't want to shame anybody, but I tend to think that they didn't try really 
diligently. They didn't decide this is really important. When we practice diligently, then we can start to work through the doubts that we have. And we have doubts, and we all have doubts, and it's okay to have doubts. But when we practice diligently, we start to work through those. So, and uh, when Sing San said slowing down, he meant, and this is what I've just been talking about, he meant if we're really impatient in our practice, if we want results right now, then that's going to harm our practice. We do, we do have a world of impatience, and we don't think of the path as a process. And we, we need to. It's a journey. It's not just a thing we're doing, but it is a journey to train our minds and to develop skills that we don't have right now. And when we start, our mind really feels like a crazy person. Our mind really feels like a crazy person. And when we pay attention, we realize, I can't believe that's what happens when I try to not, you know, not think, not do anything. We don't really try to not think. But, you know, I can't believe that's what happens when I just sit still and I just observe my mind. All sorts of stuff comes up that we don't expect. Um, as I said before, and I want to really make this point, we're practicing because practice is good. We're practicing to practice. We're not practicing to attain anything. We're practicing because it's good for us. It's the same as exercise. We need to do that because it's good for us, not because we have certain expectations. Because those expectations can very, very easily get in our way. Zen Master Dogen said, Sitting itself is enlightenment. Sitting itself is enlightenment. So he, he said, the practice, we, what we are doing is the practice of enlightenment, and that is enlightenment. And if we can think in that way, then we're not so going to beat ourselves up. We're not going to struggle so much if we just think, I'm not doing this to get somewhere. I'm not doing this to get some benefit. I'm doing this to do it. I'm doing this because this is what I do. And if we have that state of mind, then that's going to help us a lot. Because if we're thinking, if we're beating ourselves up when we, when we have trouble, if we're beating ourselves up when our mind cannot stop wandering, when we're spending all our time thinking about what, in, what we're having for dinner, or we're spending all our time wishing the meditation was over, if we're beating ourselves up during those times, we're going to have a really tough time. We're going to have a really, really tough time. And that stuff happens to everybody. If anybody says that they don't struggle, if anybody says that they they just meditate and they just have no trouble and they don't think about what they're having for dinner, I don't believe them. I have trouble believing them. And if they're trying to convince me, that's very weird. But I think we're all having the same kind of struggles and I think it really helps that we admit that to each other. That we admit to each other that just returning to our meditation practice is hard. And just, it's hard. And sometimes we're just waiting for the timer and we feel like we're not meditating at all, but we are. We are, because trying counts as doing. Because if you are diligent enough to take that time to sit down and not do anything for 12 to 30 minutes, you are meditating. You are a success. Because trying is what counts. 
and we've got to learn how to come at this with a passive attitude. I think that we are obsessed with gain in our in our culture. We're obsessed with gain, with getting something, and that makes us beat ourselves up. So we need to learn how to have a passive attitude and just come at the practice and just do it. Um, so that's my talk on comparisons and encouragement. And again, I want to say the text I read from is Faith in Mind, uh, the version by Master Shen Yen. And um, I'll probably post a link to this in the comments or something. There's another uh, more recent version of this that has a cooler cover. And so that's the one you'll see. Thank you for taking the time to watch me. Have a good day.